Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're covering all those amazing reality shows that only had one season. Um, today we're going to be delving deeper into our series, Homeschooled with the Arlingtons, <laughs> also known as Pretty Wild. I'm your host, Frank the Third, And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And today we're discussing episode seven, Mommy Dearest. Um, now, before you do, um, let's see, did you do? Uh, your recap, I have barely any house cleaning. Um, Taylor Anderson texted us and said that she's rewatching and listening to the pod. Um, and in the fourth episode, when Alexis eats herbs and you guys wonder who eats just cilantro or parsley, I confess I adore parsley and eat it plain. So sleazy tea has problems. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Heather also responded and said, I've never done that, but I have heard of it before. People do it as a breath freshener or after the meal or so I've been told. And then Heather responded to us about Groundwork Coffee. Um, remember, I don't know if you guys yeah. remember, but we talked about, I, you know, we mentioned the coffee spot last time, and I asked if Heather knew it, and she said, why, yes, I have been to a location of Groundwork Coffee Company. I've been to the same location <laughs> on a few trips because it was most convenient to the apartments we rented. Um, and then she asterisked and said, there is one close to Vanderpump Valley, 2.1 miles from Tom and Ariana, 1.8 miles from Jackson Brittany, and 1.7 miles from the Bubba's. Now, I'm assuming that's their old places of residence and not the new houses. No, she said Vanderpump Valley. Oh, Vanderpump Valley. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that's new. All right, so thank you, and Heather, all, for that boots on the ground. They all live, like, a block away from each other. Yeah. I really appreciated um, Danielle Schneider's take on their houses. Yeah. I needed to know that. Did you see Saucy's house? Yeah. It's really pretty. It is really pretty. It needs yeah. some work, but I love that. Yeah. I like that the initial shot makes it look like a mansion, though, and it's actually like a normal-sized house. Well, I thought it was part. an apartment building. And it, one of the pictures was like, what? And then they showed more. And the like, back okay, of it looks it. really weird. Yeah. Um, and some of the rooms are really quirky, but it's charming. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I liked hers the best. I liked Kristen's a lot, too, because Kristen's is quirky, too. Oh, yeah. I do like Kristen's a lot. I like that Kristen's had, like, the awesome guest house in the back where she could just, like, go lounge. Yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Well, that's where Carter will be living, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Well, that's not for this podcast. No. But <clears throat> so this week's wild file is Max Nash. So still on this episode, still relevant. Yeah. Got it just in time. So Max went to Pacific Hills High School in Hollywood. And Pack Hills High. Pack Hills High. And I'm not surprised to see that he's from LA because when you think about the episode of the Hills that he was on, that I think that's part of why he and Spencer clashed. Is that, and Malls said it, I think, on an episode of Emotionally Broken Psychos, that she said there's a big difference between people who have lived in L.A. forever and people who are from L.A. And it just seemed, it made sense when I thought of him fighting with Spencer. So he went to Pacific Hills High School, and then he got his bachelor's from the Musicians Institute. Okay. So I'm guessing that's kind of like the Art Institute, but for music. Or it's like the Phoenix Institute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of looked like one of those. Yeah. Um, and as we've mentioned, he appeared on one episode of The Hills in 2007 when he worked for Bolt House. And then he was obviously on Pretty Wild. And that was his last time on television. So he, oh, didn't, okay. do, he didn't do anything past Pretty Wild. Stuck to music, huh? Yep. And I believe he was an employee of Bolt House because all he's done since has event producing. Oh, what about the music? So... We'll get to that. But his um, his resume is all event producing at different companies. And right now, he is a senior event producer for himself and has been for about a year and a half. Oh. Um, so, 
2007 is when he started doing the event stuff. So it's been, and that's all he's done since. So Wicker was formed, it's listed on his resume, actually, from 2005 to 2012. Oh, so they're kablooey. Yeah. Um, So Wicker was going on, like, at this time, obviously, and when he was on the hills, but I think it was, like, a fun side project. They put out an album and that kind of stuff, but then it never really went anywhere. But I found the description of the Wicker on his resume very interesting. Lead singer, songwriter, and frontman of Wicker. Toured USA and Canada, numerous song placements on MTV and E! Entertainment Networks. Well, yep, it's not wrong. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Wicker's website is dead. Oh. So when you click on it, you get one of those like GoDaddy links that was like, whoops, this doesn't exist. Um, after, you know, trying to load. Even for... with the re-release? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. They announced it on their Facebook. So... On Facebook, they announced just on January 14th of this year that they are re-releasing their first album on its 10th anniversary. But the website's dead. They probably don't want to pay for the domain anymore. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, And so they still have a semi-active Facebook page. It seems like Max is the only one who does it, but, you know, that makes sense. And he is pretty active on Instagram, if you guys want to look him up. It's just Max Nash, I believe. And his profile includes a link to Padre XLA Custom Clothing Company. Oh. And I tried to look up the company and see if he was like a founder of it or a partner in it or what. And I couldn't confirm that. Um, but they make custom clothing. And Is it shiny? I hope it's shiny custom no, clothing. No, it's like natural fabric man overalls. Oh! <gasps> Oh my god, that's still in my wheelhouse. What is this place called? <laughs> Padre XLA. But they almost look like baby rompers for men. Uh, you're making it sound better, <laughs> not worse. Um, Padre X. Yeah. Oh wait, let's not. LA? Yeah. Yep. Oh, here it is. Okay. So it takes two to four weeks to complete the orders, and they are two to $5,000. What? Yeah. First of all, this looks like something that, like, concentration camp victims had to wear and that Urban Outfitters got in trouble for... Oh, why is it singing at me? Oh, hold on. It's got music. Let's turn that down. Um, Holy shitballs. These just look like pajamas. Yes, I told you. You promised me overalls. Well, here, let me show you. He models a pair on his Instagram. Let me show you. All right, let's go to shop shop all because his instagram is all him like squatting and posing in front of things basically um but there is a shot of him wearing the man overalls pretty prominently so you can see them um you guys need to go to this website because it's literally 600 dollars pajamas oh here it is here the, the venezia overalls i do like those oh i like them a lot yeah they're, they're only 400 custom they make custom stuff too that's what was listed as so expensive <clears throat> black linen overalls yeah there the overalls go. seem to be olive linen overalls like sign me the fuck up you're welcome there you go um so the other notable thing about max now is that he is a father and he had a daughter in august of 2015 and her name is ace elizabeth nash and ace is an interesting name for a girl yes i would agree um but she's all over his Instagram. She's real cute. And the mother is a woman named Bailey. B-A-I-L-L-I-E. 
Okay. Yeah, quite a spelling. And I couldn't find anything on her. She doesn't have a very active Instagram, and she doesn't... Her Instagram profile says her name is Bailey Ran, R-A-N, but I think that's just... I don't think that's a real last name, so I couldn't really find anything on her. Um, but he seems to be doing well. Still producing events. He's got his linen overalls and a daughter, and... I need to know if he was on drugs. Like, that's what I need to know. I wish there was someone we could find that out. Yeah. I mean, his posts don't say anything about, like, sobriety or anything like that, so I don't know. Well, I mean, he could have been partying back then and not have gotten sober. I mean, he could have just given up, like, yeah, oxy or whatever the fuck and just ch- chilled out a little bit. Yeah. See? He looks the exact same, though. Like, he has not aged. No, he looks good. He does look good. Why is he in the snow? So that's all he does is, like, he does this in, like, different locations. He, like, squats and poses. And, like, ta- is that, like, Tahoe? Um, this is Glenwood Canyon, Colorado. Um, so the overalls one was him in New York. This is him and his daughter. Oh. He looks great, Got a lot more tattoos. Yeah, not surprising. But... Yeah, he does look good. I know. It's pretty crazy, though. Because he's probably, like, the same age as me. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. But there you go. That's Max Nash. You guys can check him out. I kind of like him with a beard. I very much like him with a beard. Oh my god, there you go. Max with a beard and his overalls? Max Nash. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I've signed me up. I'm in for it. So I have been trying to do some research on Tess's mom as well, and we'll see if that, if I get enough um, to actually make it. I'm sure it will be really hard, but like I am fascinated by her. I've just been trying to find like a photo of her at best or something. Um, so stay tuned for that, but if not... I'll come up with something for the next few wild files. <clears throat> and did you want to debrief at all now that we've both listened to the podcast episode with Andrea? Oh, yeah, let's. Um, I thought it was... I, so I finished it. You finished it. I thought it was really good and interesting. And we now know that she and Jerry are done. Yep. Um, we now know that, and I think this is my favorite part, is that she still drives um, yes. the Land Cruiser that she's driving in Pretty Wild. Yep. She's had it for 19 years. Yep. Um, she is now, she's studying to become like a minister, I believe, right? Isn't that what she said? Something like that. Yeah, that she was that she was studying to become a minister, that she did it once before, but, like, wasn't doing it for the right reasons, and so now she's doing it again, and I don't know. She's still, like, a hippy-dippy nightmare to me. Yes. I mean, she sounds, like, much better together. I mean, much more together, but she is still, like, a pie-in-the-sky, like, hippy-dippy, sage-burning, like, wacko. She is, and I text message Frank because I listened to the wrong Andrea episode at first, and I listened to a recent episode where Alexis did a call-in show and kind of answered people's questions with her mother. And it was all about the universe's energy and manifestation and all. And I could not finish it. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I, the one thing that I thought was very interesting and I always, this is my problem with these like secret type philosophy things is that usually the people who are into them's lives are a disaster. And Their lives was a disaster, and both she and Alexis tried to claim that the secret worked for them, but 
they weren't prepared for the consequences. Right. And that's, like, they were asking for the wrong things, basically. Yeah, they basically said they manifested pretty wild, but then they couldn't... Deal with it. Yeah, they couldn't handle it once it happened to them kind of thing. It was very odd. It was very odd. Yeah. They willed it into being, though. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, so... They absolutely did. Well, stay tuned. They're gonna do a special episode on manifestation all by itself. Yeah. I will be listening to it and I'm probably laughing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone can't benefit from a more positive outlook. No, of course not. But I refuse to believe that like a vision board and some positive thoughts are going to get you your own reality show. Right. Yeah. It's a fact that she was young and hot and met some producer at a club. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway. So we opened the episode, Mommy Dearest, and the girls randomly decide to give Gabby a makeover out of nowhere and for no reason. Which I thought looked terrible. Me too. And they all seem to think it would look good. And can you imagine how horrifying it must be to have two, like, tweaked out high as fuck chicks coming at you with, like, mascara wands and eyeliner pencils? Like, that? I'd be afraid of losing an eye. They yanked her out of bed, and I thought at first it was old footage from when they gave her the school... Maybe yeah, over? that would have made more sense. Which, by the <laughs> way, um, apparently this episode, she didn't have to go to school or work. Um, they also said in the podcast episode that she said she didn't finish high school and then got homeschooled, and Gabby was homeschooled. Yeah, Gabby was homeschooled as well. Yeah, the school thing was fake. Yeah, 100% Andrea fake. made her walk out of the car and then just picked her right up. Yeah. Stupid. So, they give her a makeover, and they make her look like a clown. A lot of blush. A lot of blush. A lot of blush. <laughs> I was like, is she a little girl in a dance recital? It was a lot. It had a lot. Um, so then the theme of the episode begins with Andrea being very upset because she is incredibly spread thin. And you know how you can tell she's upset is because her thong <laughs> was flesh colored and did not match yeah. her jogging suit. And I think in one scene she's wearing a different like top to bottom yeah she's not married she's a mess this episode a mess <laughs> like when she bent over to pick that stuff up and that whale tail came out and i was like oh it's flesh oh Andrea. yeah in one scene she's wearing like a blue top and black pants or something yeah it's wrong it was rough for her yep <clears throat> so in her defense though she is doing a lot of work for alexis's case that it's not unusual for a parent to do it when their kid is in trouble but alexis probably could be helping more I am curious, though. I would like to know exactly what she's doing. She hired the lawyer. Yeah. She hired a PI. So I want to know what the that PI is, is doing. two phone calls. Right. Um, what else? So she said she's the one going through Alexis's um, phone records and stuff. Because, oh. So I guess they're doing some research that normally you would pay a lawyer to do, but they're trying to cut down his hours, probably. Gotcha. So he said, like, go through all of Alexis's phone calls, highlight any time she called these numbers, kind of like what they do in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Andrea is doing some of that, which I'm surprised. I feel like a lawyer would want to, but I don't know. That's what she said later in the episode. Yeah, I don't know many. I'll have to ask. I have a million friends that are lawyers. We live in D.C., um, but I don't know any of them would, that would let their clients, like, farm out part of the work. I feel right. like you hire them and it's like, you're going to pay me well, and I'm doing this. I'm wondering, too, if Andrea's taking it on because she's Andrea, not because Jeffrey asked her to. Very possible. Yes. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. So the other funny thing is she has a, you know, a stressful phone call with Jeff as she's lying on her bed under her super radiant dome. dome. Yeah. And... 
So it's like this giant half circle thing that kind of looks like a tanning bed, but it's only, I don't know, maybe a foot wide. It's the size of um, like a breakfast tray. Yeah. Like it's the width of if you were like having breakfast in bed. Right. Like it's but that it's, wide. Yeah. It's like a rainbow that she has placed kind of like over her uterus. Yeah. It's not her stomach. It's lower. Yeah. I would say like pelvic area. Yeah. So not sure, but I like that we're seeing more and more of her gadgetry every yeah. episode. <laughs> Maybe if she didn't have so many um, wacky charlatan medical gadgets, she could get a new car. Maybe. Oh, how much money do you think that woman spends on like gadgets and potions and oils? Oh, I can't even begin to imagine. I cannot even begin to imagine. How many vitamins does Andrea take in a day? Like, oh my God, I can't. It's probably all she eats. Probably. So I don't know what a private investigator would be doing either. I was surprised to see that she had hired a private investigator. Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out next week, but like the, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe to prove that Alexis wasn't there, even though she was, or maybe to prove that she wasn't at any of the subsequent other burglaries or to prove the other people that were there, or I mean, it could be anything. Or is he investigating the other members of the bling ring to try and help Alexis's case or something? I mean, it could be anything like that. Yeah. It's weird though. Um, and then they close the scene of her being stressed with her saging. Her armpits. Yeah. It was weird. She was like saging herself. Yeah. I, it's not working, girl. How much money does she spend on sage? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so then we see Alexis and Tess. Oh, and real quick, the PI's name was Jeff Monteith. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll... Maybe we'll just look up some stuff. Later. M-O-N-T-E-I-T-H. Yeah. Of course my pen just died. Um... So then we get Alexis and Tess and Alexis walks in wearing, what do they call it? Like a slouchy beanie kind of? Uh, in my notes I wrote an Audrina hat. It's an Audrina hat. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> and she said, is this hat cute or stupid? Kind of a toss up. Yeah. It is an Audrina hat. Um, <clears throat> and Tess gets an email from her birth mother. And a couple episodes back, Andrea had given... Tracy is her name, um, Tess's email address. And so she finally got the email, but she's just not ready to read it, which I totally understand. And Alexis just convinces her, she said, well, let's get nice and hot and go out. No, what she says is, and I feel like they could have a case and make a lot of fucking money because what she says is, shake it off. And she like sings it and shakes. And I feel like she could sue Taylor Swift yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that's where Taylor Swift got the idea for this song. Yeah. And then as they leave the room, she says, let's get hot. Yeah. What she really meant was let's get high. Yeah. Um, what I would like to know is I'm, it sucks that we're never going to get to read this email from Tessa's mom because I would love to know if the mom got clean and that's like if this, le- this email was an amends. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because the mom was a big time party girl. So I would be shocked if out of like a drunken haze one day, she's like, I'm just going to email him a test. Yeah, probably. Um, and Alexis wears a black strapless bandage dress. And then Tess says, I'm thinking I'm going to tell Max about my mom. What do you think? And Alexis says, well, are you ready to get serious? And Tess nods like a little kid. Like, uh-huh. It's so... Her and boys, I'm struggling with. Well, it's her and boys, but also you have to remember that these people were all born out of Paris Hilton. Yeah. And Paris Hilton's whole jam was acting like a little girl. Yeah, I know. And so I think they mimic it. Like, that's what's going on. Now, I was too distracted because I was 
busy paying attention to the corkboard in the background that had um, a bunch of magazine articles that said Ask Rachel, which I believe was Rachel Zoe's fashion column. Oh. Um, and I'm not sure if it was in Cosmo or where it was, but like they were all over the corkboard. Fascinating. Yeah. I was wondering what you were writing down over there, but... Yeah. Well, it's probably like a living vision board. Yeah. I mean... It was a very sloppy vision board. It was... Because usually when I think of vision boards, I think of the kind that have like the ribbon crisscrossed and you just put things behind it. This was just very mismatched, thumbtacked to the corkboard, like, articles. <laughs> we should make vision boards when we finish this We series. should. And yours should just be like a picture of those linen overalls. I actually, it should just, I actually got into, not in trouble at work because I can't get in trouble, but um, I caused some trouble because one of the receptionists um, threw a fit at me because I always have the assistant story of the old magazines. Like my pet peeve is when I go to a doctor's office and the magazines are like six months old. So I always make them throw anything away that's more than like (laughs) five weeks old. And the receptionist went off on me because she likes to save the old magazines for her vision boards. (laughs) And I laughed in her face. It did not go well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would laugh too. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so then the ladies go to hide. And I looked at Frank and I just said, like, I really want to be a beautiful person. Because they both look beautiful. They show up to the front door. And just because they're hot, the bouncer's like, oh, hey, come on in. Well, they can't show up with the camera crew. I'm just saying, though. it's They looked hot enough that if the camera crew wasn't there, they probably would have gotten in. Okay. I don't. I mean, know. I think they would have gotten in because they're known. Okay. Well, also, ask me if I looked like that, if I would still go to clubs, and the answer is probably not. Um, I was more mortified that they were dancing on the couch in their stiletto heels. Me too. Like, there's I was no waiting. way that would fly. They would get in trouble for that. They were going to puncture the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they say, "There's nothing better than makes. There's nothing that makes me feel better than dancing with my sister." I also think it's funny that only 10 years ago, like, this wouldn't have flown now because they're both underage. And there's no way, and this was the Hills, too. Like, there's no way in today's America yeah. that you could film underage people going into a nightclub. Like, the nightclub would get shut down. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Right. Well, I, think I miss that. Maybe Tess was 21, almost. No. I thought they were 19 and 20. No, you're right. Or 18 and I 19. keep messing that up. Um, I'm also going to call bullshit and say that I think what makes you feel better is like making out with your sister for attention. Yeah. Like, I don't think dancing is enough. I feel like when they're bored, they just have sex. With each other? <laughs> yes. No, I think when they're bored, they do a fuck ton of Oxycontin. Yeah. They just, they're so touchy-feely. And like, I know some people are just like that, but... Well, but what you have to remember, too, or maybe you don't know this, is that um, heroin and Oxycontin, like, they make you feel like you're in ecstasy. Yeah. No, like, I they believe... they make you no, feel... Like, you physically feel really, like, good and, like, touch tactile things feel good, so... No, they, they say that in train spotting that it's like an orgasm. Like, you're yeah. just walking around, like, orgasming, basically. Yeah. No, I get it. It's just they're super touchy-feely. Um, so, then... Alexis and Andrea are on the way to Jeffrey Rubenstein's office because he apparently has good news. Which is a lie. Yeah, it's not sure where this goes, but this is a very troubling scene that happens here. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because Jeff tells them alleged good news that if they push the trial back, he thinks she can get her off. And then Andrea, I think, just... I think she's, I think the reason she, because she freaks out. And I think the reason she freaked out is that to her, this trial is the light at the end of the tunnel where she doesn't have to do all this work anymore. And to hear that it was going to be pushed back further 
pushed her right the fuck over the edge. Yes. And, and she goes crazy pants. She goes crazy. And Alexis does snap at her, but Andrea just breaks down in front of the lawyer and he's having to mediate a mother-daughter like it's therapy. And the interesting thing is that we don't know what she snapped at her because what we heard was very obviously dubbed over. Yeah. Which was, um, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but who knows what she really said. Right. That caused her to flip out. But yeah, I wrote lawyer or shrink. Like this poor lawyer is basically having to be their couples therapist. And I don't think that's his job. Yeah. But then she snaps, Andrea snaps at Jeff and says, if you have questions for me, I want you to address me specifically. Not the first time she snaps at Jeff either, remember? Like, I don't know what gets her goat with Jeff, but she gets very, like, she automatically assumes he's attacking her when he's not. And then she goes into defense mode. And we've now seen this from her twice. Yeah. So I don't know what her deal is with him. So maybe that does prove the theory that she's doing all this work for the case, but it's not needed. And yeah. he's trying to tell her to butt out. It's very possible, yeah. It is I possible. can see that. So my favorite part of this very troubling scene, though, is that Andrea flips out and is standing up and she was like, well, she definitely doesn't need me here. Or she said, she doesn't need me here. And she's all crying. And Alexis just goes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jeff has to go outside to comfort Andrea. Who is, like, in his lobby just losing it. Um, I had a hard time paying attention to their conversation because I was trying to figure out where Jeff's eyebrows went. Yeah. He has no eyebrows, the poor man. Yeah. Like, it's bad enough that he's bald. And then I was looking. He does have eyelashes, so he doesn't have alopecia. But, um, yeah, he's got no eyebrows. That's yeah. That's his problem. Well, and he actually defends Alexis, which is good because he's going to need to defend her. And he says, you know, she's scared. Yeah. And Andrea's just like, but she's so unappreciative and ah. And he said, I didn't say it was an excuse, but it is a reality. That's what he says. Oh boy, it was messy. And then we get to watch Max and Tess go go-karting. And, yeah. we've, and we've got quite some outfits on for go-karting. We sure do. So Tess is wearing her uniform of black pants, a t-shirt that's like cut low with a leather jacket, and this time she has knee-high, like, bone-colored suede boots on. Yes. And Max is wearing a tank top, also cut very low, like, Mm -hmm. at the neck and at the sides. It's bright blue, tight, tight black pants, and bright purple high tops. And the pants, and I had a pair of jeans like this. Mine were Levi's. They're that weird, like, shiny denim. Yeah. Like, oily-looking denim. Yeah, there's a lot of shine happening. Yeah, and the tank top was kind of satiny as well. The tank top looks like what I see dudes wearing at the gym who like to see their muscles when they lift. Like, a lot of straight men wear those to lift. Oh, a lot of gay men wear them to lift. That's so. true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good point. My gym is really a gray area. I, I never <laughs> know if they're straight or gay. One guy I was convinced was gay. I saw him with his wife and two kids the other day, so... Still doesn't mean he's not gay. That's true. (laughs) Excellent point. Um, So we see them go go go-karting. There are no other people on the track. It's not very entertaining. And so then when they're done, they say they're going to eat, but then they just sit down at this shitty go-kart place. Well, first we need to talk about the actual go-karting. So as someone who has done this many times, because one of my... um, traditions on my family vacations is to take my nephew's go-karting. Okay. Um, is that you would never, like, they crashed into each other. Like, you would not be allowed to do that. They freaked the fuck out on you. And what I thought was hysterical is that they, um, 
the music was all like heavy metal, like rah, rah, rah. They were going so fucking slow. So slow. Like, so slow. Like Jess was maybe going two miles an hour. I'm like, this is not matched. Like this, it was pathetic. It yeah. It was pathetic. Yeah. I also love go-karting and I'm one of those people. I am pedal to the floor the whole way until I like feel like I can't turn. And one time in high school, we did a family race and it was me against my cousin. We both had our, just gotten our driver's license and I was determined to win he was gaining on me and I just turned my wheel a little to the left and I sent him flying into the grass and I won. No. <laughs> All like the whole go-kart employees, they had to come like haul him away. My dad, his dad, everyone was like crying, laughing. And like, <laughs> I was like, well, I was not about to go down a loser. No way. Um, um, well, and real quick, the other thing I noticed when they were walking to where they were sitting is that Max had a white handkerchief in his left pocket. And I don't think that he realizes that there is a whole gay hanky code and like depending oh. on what color you have and what pocket have it means <laughs> sexual things, which is very apropos because here in DC it's Mid-Atlantic Weather Weekend, so this is like all relevant. And I looked it up <laughs> and a white handkerchief in the back left pocket, which is where he had it, means he is a receiver of masturbation only. So he might just be out, like, looking for, like, hand jobs. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Things you don't know. Yeah. Is that, like, in every gay club or, like... Well, this was very... It's S&M. It's so okay. very, like, okay. like, the, like a leather bar. But and I don't think... It was big in the 70s. Like, I don't know. Like, okay. I mean, like, people still abide by it. But the only reason... Like, I've never seen anyone wearing, like, a hanky like that hanging out of their pocket except for a gay dude at a leather bar, so I thought it was weird. Fascinating. Yeah. It's like a little flag. It is. It's exactly like a little flag. If he was wearing Kelly Green, it would mean that he's a hustler for rent. Um, <laughs> red would be that he likes to get fisted. Oh, shit. Yeah, they get hardcore. Unfortunately, I only tried it once, and orange is my favorite color, and I didn't know the code. And orange oh, is um, a few limits, anything, anytime. Oh, <gasps> Oh, boy. Yeah. So, needless to say, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny. Wow. No, I feel... I'm a you little... Learn something new every day. Yeah, I'm a little bit... Maybe lower. I will um, post the hanky code on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, fellas. Be careful. <laughs> um, so, after they're done go-karting, they say they're going to eat, and they sit down at the shitty go-kart place, and she confides in him about her mom. Kind of. Like, what we see, anyway. And she says that she got an email from her birth mom. And he just says, that's really hard. And then, like, compliments her eyes, and they eat each other's faces. And I thought it was really interesting <clears throat> that he didn't go, your birth mom, because... They're supposed to be sisters. Sisters. Twins, as a matter of fact. Like, on this show, they don't pretend to be twins, but we know from listening to her podcast that her and Tess's whole deal, or her and Atlanta, that they pretended to be fraternal twins. Yeah. Like, that was their jam. Yeah. I know. So if I was him, I'd be like, What? Like, Andrew's not your mom? Like, there was none of that, so... Nope. And then, as they're leaving, he says, so what's next? SeaWorld? Six Flags? Oh, God. No. Hard pass. Needle exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Methadone uh, clinic. <laughs> yeah. So, then Andrea sits down with Alexis and Tess to talk about their behavior and how they don't respect her. Which was hard for me to pay attention to because there was a blanket on the back of that stupid wide couch that looked like AstroTurf. Yeah. It was, it was alarming. Um, and 
So she brings up what Alexis said to her at the lawyer, which we still don't have a hold on at this point. And then Tess plays innocent. And she said, but mom, I didn't do anything. And Andrew goes, that's a problem. You don't do anything. <laughs> and Alexis says, well, I didn't appreciate your flip out the other day. True. Yeah. So then it gets escalated and the girls get up and walk away. And Alexis says, you don't even know. We've been pretty good kids. Other kids are in and out of rehab and in and out of jail. And Frank and I flipped out. We flipped out. I can't believe that Andrew didn't counter with, like, you just haven't been to rehab yet. Or you need to go to rehab. Or you're facing jail time right now. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I also forgot to mention that throughout the whole episode... One of the things Andre is doing is cleaning their room. And I'm like, they don't even live there. How is their room such a disaster area? I, I mean, know. there was shit everywhere. Like, they don't even live there. Like, how is that happening? Probably when they come home, they like... Literally just throw things everywhere? No, they come home to get their fresh batch of Adderall and they just go insane and rip their closet to shit. Adderall's supposed to make you want to clean, not make a mess. Not if you're... I mean, if you're a messy person, though, probably not. I don't know. If you're rifling for the right bustier, Frank, you don't have time to fold all your cut t-shirts. I guess. But I'm just shocked that they could make that much of a mess considering they don't even live there. Right. Um, But then to end this fight after Alexis gives her big speech about how she's a pretty good kid facing jail time and addicted to drugs, you know, Andrea goes, that's a matter of opinion. Touche. Yeah. They, they know how to throw it in this family. I'm a little surprised that Gabby wasn't involved in this somehow and like crying. You know, be like, don't fight. Why are you? Yeah. Like, that's very on brand for her. And I did not see it happening. I didn't miss Gabby. I didn't miss her either, but I'm shocked <laughs> that wasn't happening. Yeah. So then in the next scene, Tess sits down to read her mother's email. And we don't see what it says. She says it's an apology for her childhood and not being ready to be a mom. And she kind of, she asks Alexis to let her read it in private, which I thought was appropriate. And she cries. Um... And then they chat about it as they're snuggling on Alexis's bed, of course, touchy-feely. And she said, you know, I'm grateful that she gave me life, and but that's it. Like, it's not going to change anything. Well, and she also says that, like, she has a family that loves her um, now. And she's got sisters, and she's got a mom that loves her. I, I don't... It's, I just thought it was really funny that in this episode, it was them being monsters to Andrea... Yeah. Then to end it with this, like, but I have a mom that really loves me. And I'm like, well, you have a funny way of showing that you appreciate that because yeah. you're horrible to her. <clears throat> yep. Um, and then they go and buy some bathing suits to make each other feel better. And, okay, you're a woman. <laughs> I, as a man, like, I have Speedos, like, I go bathing suit shopping. I wear my underwear underneath bathing suits when I try them on, and you're supposed to, and there are signs all over bathing suit stores that say to wear underwear. Those girls were not wearing underwear underneath those bathing suits they were trying on. No, they were not. I am hygienically horrified. Yeah. That's gross. Like, yuck. Yeah. That's why bathing suits never look cute in the store until you get them home, because yeah. you have to wear your underwear. I mean, I know sometimes they'll put this, like, paper liners in or whatever, but, That doesn't like, mean someone else didn't touch that. Yeah, I know. I was... So I was... It was I was having a hard time enjoying their swimwear, because I was so skeeved <laughs> out by the fact that they were not wearing underwear while trying them on. Well, those bathing suits are for the type of girls who don't wear underwear when trying on bathing suits, though, aren't they? That's what I mean! Like, can you imagine the kind of festering sea of yeast that must be going on in those bathing suits like oh 
Okay. So Alexis tries on and falls in love with a, like, red, yellow, orange color pattern cheetah print monokini. Yeah. I'm Oof. so happy this aren't a thing anymore. Oof. Remember when all, like, everyone from Jersey, all the Jersey housewives, could not go anywhere without it? They're not flattering on anyone. What do you mean they have passed? Do you not remember Audrina's line that she launched on the hills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Tess is at least wearing a normal-looking bikini. Yeah. I mean, it was a very teeny tiny on the bottom, but yeah. Yeah. It's Brazilian. It goes up her butt, and it makes her boobs look really good. Yeah, because that's what I want up my butt, is something that's been up 10 other people's butts when they tried it on. It's so gross. I mean, to be the only defense I'll give them, which they don't have one, it's gross. The shop did look nice and clean. It wasn't like a disgusting store, but that's still not hygienic and disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. I know, the shop looked very clean. That's why I'm shocked that that a salesperson wasn't like, hey, put some underwear on. See, that's where I'll, I'll play the camera crew card. Yeah. It's true. like show the sign and you can have any bathing suits you try on. Yeah, true. Um so then we go to Wine House and Andrea and Jerry are on a date and the outcome of the date is interesting because she's talking about how she feels frustrated with the girls and all the work she's doing for the trial and things like that. But then to end the episode, she apologizes for being a horrible mother. Which whoa yeah like it was really weird yeah and this is what it is it actually wasn't that weird andrea as much as she's all sunshine and light is very manipulative and very good at manipulation and she knew exactly what she was doing and she knew that coming at this as a screeching howler monkey was not going to get us any get her any sympathy but if she comes to the girls and says like i'm so sorry i failed you i was a bad mother that that's going to get them to go, oh my gosh, no, you're amazing. Which is exactly what happened. Yes, exactly. But I thought Jerry did a good job of saying like, you've given it what you could give it, you know? And he was being very comforting. And she says like, you're my best friend. You're the best. And it was like the saddest, most false thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And, but then in the following scene, it like everything Jerry told her went out the window and she yeah. just like throws herself at the girl's feet. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then my favorite is that she ends it <clears throat> With saying that from here on out, she's going to be starting some, setting some boundaries and it's yep. going to be rough. And I'm like, they're 20. That yeah. ship has sailed. Like, yeah. they're adults. Like, you should have set boundaries the whole time they were growing up. Yeah. And Alexis has said on the podcast with Andrea that actually, like, the two worst years of their relationship were when Alexis got clean. Yeah. Because Andrea kept, like inserting herself into the situation inappropriately. Yeah. And Andrea has said, I'm actually like astounded and so proud that you have been sober this whole time. Like she said, I feel like I almost ruined it for you. Oh, and Alexis says you did. Yeah. She's like, it's a miracle. I was able to stay sober because you were being such a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she also was pregnant, I think. And that motivated her for part of it. Yeah. But still like, I guess that their relationship got much worse before it got better. Yeah. So but they're spending a lot of time together now, and she said she sees her grandkids at least once a week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she said that she's a great mo- great grandmother, and everything's great now, so. Yeah, that's and good. I thought it was interesting. She said what got her to turn around was a talk with Alexis's husband. Yeah. And he said, like, you need to go to a program. You need to take accountability. And he told her to step two. Yeah. There you go. Point for, point for Evan. Yeah. But that's it. That's where we end this episode. 
Um, and then next week we get um, Max going to South by Southwest, which I believe leaves Tess open to cheat on him, and probably be paranoid that he's cheating on her while he's in South by Southwest. She I would imagine that's what we're gonna get. Already whiny. And then was someone comes to visit? Was it Tosh or Josh? It sounded like Tosh. Javi. Oh, the guy from Mexico. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize who that who it was. Yes, he didn't look as cute. And she, Alexis says, and he's bringing a friend for Tess, and that guy's name was Tosh. Tosh, okay. Which is weird. Who knew there's more than one Tosh in the world? Um, And then uh, we go bra shopping for For Gabby. And she's like 16. Shouldn't she be wearing a bra already? I'm sure it's one of those, like, you're wearing the wrong size and proper fit, and we've got to get you in a good bra like that. I'm sure it's one of those things. Or something sexy and push-up, or, you know, maybe she's wearing training bras. Who knows? Oh, God. Um, well, we'll yeah. find out. Um, so we will talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.